That's my favorite Justin Timberlake song. Dirty cops. <laughs> dirty, dirty cops. Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. Welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined as always by the voice of CinemaSins, Jeremy Scott. Holla! And from Music Video Sins, Barrett Share. Woo! That's right. <laughs> okay, it's come, t- it's come time, guys. We're going to finish this Keanu Reeves thing. <gasps> I am an FBI agent! I don't care about your crime. I know Kung Fu. I don't lose! I win! That's my job! That's what I do! <laughs> We've officially ooh, forgotten ooh. everything that we said on that lost episode. We, you know? Yeah, exactly. We tried to do this two weeks ago, I think, yeah. and then it got lost. It just got lost. Just like, you know, <sighs> I don't know. I don't know, man. It was Oceanic it was a, Flight 8. 815. It was a tough road. It was a tough road. And we had to go and scramble, make another podcast, and then we had to sort of... What was the... What, we did a composer one a few years ago. Was that what it was? It was like composers. The one and that was we lost? lost that, we lost that one, and we had to wait for another like month or two before we did it. I believe I it was the uh, one of the first Poor Bastards that we that we lost. Oh, oh. it might have been the Poor oh. Bastard one. But that yeah. was way back in 2016 or something Yeah, it was like a that. long time ago. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm just saying it doesn't feel like we've been doing it that long is all. That was like an Elaine, <laughs> get out of here. Yeah. Yeah, I well, know. We've only, yeah, I mean, that's only... Uh, I feel like I'm telling a woman after prematurely ejaculating. It's it's only happened twice. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. That never <laughs> happens to me. Exactly. <laughs> I, uh, I don't get that joke because I don't even know what premature I've done this over is. 350 times and only <laughs> twice has that happened. Barrett, how many times in your life do you think you've prematurely <laughs> At least How many of those times did you have pants on? <laughs> at, at the psychologist's office. Well. <laughs> um, anyway. We tanked immediately, kids. <laughs> That's true. But we're going to, um, we're going to finish up uh, the Keanu Reeves uh, filmography. We, we left off at 1999's The Matrix uh, in the last episode. So we're ready to get into the 2000s um, where... His first movie in the 2000s was The Replacements. Yay! Uh, <laughs> huzzah! This is about a bunch of players, like the real players in the NFL are on strike, and then there's like uh, scab players that come scabs. in. Scabs. That's right. Scab well, players. They're, they're that replacement come in. players. It's like, it's like uh, the, when the uh, NFL refs struck. What was it? 2012. I and believe they had it's those replacement it. refs. Um, and, uh, I guess they're considered scabs, but they weren't, they weren't employees that crossed, right? They were just other refs, like college refs that went. I'm pretty sure union people on strike consider anybody that takes their job a scab. Yes, that's true. That is, that is exactly true that there's, you're not supposed to cross for any reason, even if you aren't part of that original team, 
Um, you, you, you're not supposed to, I believe if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, the, uh, the replacements was based on the 1987 NFL player strike. Mm. Um, in which Doug Williams, who was a fa- who was the most famous replacement player of all time, mm. maybe, uh, went on to win the Super Bowl for the Washington Redskins at the time. They're now, of course, the Washington football team. Yeah. And that was fun to right. watch the other day. Yeah. That's better. It's still better. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah, it is. Still hell better. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, the replacements has Keanu Reeves and Gene Hackman. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I I don't remember too much about this movie. Uh, I know people, I know there's the fan, there's some fans of it. Barrett's one of them. I love it. They've got uh, hot stripper cheerleaders and they got uh, <laughs> crusty, crusty old Brits kicking the ball with cigarettes hanging out of their mouths. Mm-hmm. And they got crusty Gene Hackman to being all crusty. crusty. Is everybody yeah. crusty? Is oh, yeah. John Favreau crusty? John mm-hmm. Favreau is crusty. Uh, this movie is fun. It's a lot of fun. It doesn't take itself too seriously. Uh, it's like the anti, uh, not whole nine yards, the Oliver Stone. Longest one. yard? No. Any given oh. Sunday. Any given Sunday. It's the polar Sucks. opposite of that. Uh, it's just it's just a lot of fun. It was directed by Howard Deutsch, by the way. Yep. Keanu is playing Johnny Utah. Mm-hmm. Hey, is. Shane Falco is a totally different person than Johnny Utah. Yeah, oh, you're I right. Mean, the only He's not an FBI I mean, agent. Not an FBI agent. Yes. <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, Shane Falco would be an FBI agent if they asked him. Sure, I'm sure. sure. I mean, sure he would. They <laughs> ask him to play football, and he does that. <laughs> right. It's like it's like, hey, man. Sometimes uh, robberies need to be solved, and and we need we need a football player to help us out with that. <laughs> That's shit. right. That's right. Um, Can you? But serve? yeah, uh, the only thing I remember of the replacements uh, is that I made a bad splice in it, and the movie went out of frame during our sneak preview of it. Ooh, and I was very bitch. upset. I know. I hated. I hated it. It was on a real change that sometimes real changes back then they would do they would make it the hardest thing possible like why would you make this the real change the the um like sometimes there's very well defined lines that you can cut on but this one like everything was just sort of blended together and it was a camera of movement where you could see the top of a wall so the top of the wall and the line sort of like blended in together and you didn't know where the line was and so, like, I was like, I don't know. I think it's here. And then, yeah, it it was not. It was not the right right one at all. See, I'll blame the movie for that one. Uh, <laughs> I saw this one time, and uh, my only memory is that I thought it was dumb, and that that one girl he falls in love with was really hot. Yeah, Brooke Langton, the yeah. swingers swingers girl, Brooke yeah. Langton. Yeah, she was uh, hot in Swingers, and she was hot in this movie. And John Favreau uh, uh, tried to tried to call her a hundred times. Yeah, yeah, and here he is in the same movie with her again. Yeah, <laughs> maybe this is where they met, or was that after? This is after, after that. Yeah, after <laughs> so maybe after. that was where they met, and this is not. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> the, you posed uh, a quandary there. Yeah. Uh, the next movie in 2000 is the watcher. Mm, um, I did not see is, it. Yeah, I, I did, but I don't remember too much about it at all. This is, is pretty funny. Guy? Actually, he, he is a bad. Yeah. So it's Keanu and James Spader. Now, James Spader has not necessarily been the bad guy to this point in his career, but he's been the asshole 
most of the time in this and you know less than zero and sex lies and videotape and things like that pretty much everything yeah yeah Yeah. he really a bad guy in sex lies and videotape he was like i said he was like the pretentious asshole yeah yeah Uh, and no he wasn't the bad guy he wasn't the bad guy really in less than zero everybody was a bad guy in that movie yeah um but uh he is he's a cop an la cop that was chasing a serial killer that was uh keanu reeves and man, this is ham-handed. It's it's an enjoyable watch, but like Keanu plays this guy that's obsessed with Jimmy Spade because he like he has to he follows him to Chicago after he retires and starts playing a game where he kills people and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to be like almost like a Hannibal Lecter type of dude, and it don't work. I haven't seen it since it came out, but uh, I don't remember liking it too much. Um, and it's got what a five point three on the about IMDb. Right. About right. So, but but he rounds out the year with a great one. It's the gift. Sam Raimi's the gift. Uh, this movie is, is, is great. He's good in it too. Um, it's, uh, uh, he's, he's playing a bad guy in this. Well, he's playing a bad guy in this, but, um, <laughs> it's, it's not, it, yeah, we're trying to yeah. not spoil it. Um, <laughs> he is an asshole. He's a total dick in this movie. Um, and, uh, he, and, and we have a, a fortune teller, Kate Blanchett is, is the medium in this who, Seems to have a little bit of a talent uh, doing it, but you know, uh, there's only a few people in the town who come come to her for advice. Hillary Swank is Keanu Reeves' uh, uh, wife in this. She is she's asking her for advice because he is an abusive asshole. Uh, and, uh, Giovanni Ribisi is also in this and he, he also has his, his issues. It's almost like she's their therapist more than fortune teller, mm-hmm. um, a lot of times in this, but, um, but, uh, there's another side story where, where, uh, Greg Kinnear and Katie Holmes are dating. They're, they're going to be married. And, uh, on the night of a party, Kate Blanchett, like actually walks into a restroom and sees, Katie Holmes cheating on Greg Kinnear with Gary Cole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and on that very night, Katie Holmes, uh, disappears. And then she starts getting premonitions when, uh, uh, the cop played by JK Simmons comes over to her house and says, you know what? We've done all the investigative work we can. I guess it's been like a week. Uh, we need to, we need to uh, and we need you need your help because Greg Kinnear's like I really want to find <laughs> we're, we're out of ideas. <laughs> yeah, we're out of ideas. Out of so uh, yeah, we need a medium right now. We need a medium stat. And uh, you you know the last time we were talking about this movie, uh, Barrett, you were talking about how when she has that vision, she has the vision of that like fiddler guy, yeah. and it's like this weird like edited thing where they've taken frames out of it and everything, and that really like just like hair raising tune. He's, he's I'm getting chills right now. Thinking about it. It's so herky. It's very Sam Raimi. It's very yeah. Sam Raimi. It's, it's oh, yeah. like this guy's playing this nice, lugubrious kind of, uh, melody. Lugubrious. And yeah. she looks and it, there's a close up, and it's that, it's that thing. And it just, it's unsettling. It's such a weird thing to be unsettled, but that's the eye that you get from a pro like Sam Raimi. Where yeah. he'll just make things a little bit disturbing, mm-hmm. and her premonition leads to the fact that leads to this like uh, like 
river or whatever that's just so happens to be where Keanu Reeves and Hillary Swank live, where they find Katie Holmes' body. And so, of course, Keanu Reeves is immediately considered prime suspect because he's an asshole and he may have known the victim. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. But uh, uh, that movie is Don't really- ever know a victim if you yeah. can avoid it. Yeah, don't I ever try all the that's time. Right. Yeah. That's right. you. <clears throat> um, but uh, yeah, The Gift is really, really, really good. Uh, if you haven't ever seen that, I would highly recommend. And la- as a little quick end note, Keanu gets a lot of flack for his not great accents in some of the period pieces he's done, but his, uh, you know, angry Southern drawly kind of thing in this movie works perfectly. Yeah. Oh, it, it is yep. absolutely perfect. It's one of his best roles, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. and it's, and it's, and it's weird because this is a movie that came out right after the matrix, a year after the matrix. And like, he's not the main dude in this. He's, he's a supporting character in this. Um, on to 2001, Sweet November, he and Charlize Theron uh, reunite after the Devil's Advocate magic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, don't, I can't remember if I did ever see this movie, though. It's uh, a romance. I, I didn't, but I guarantee you she dies, right? That's the whole deal. She's right? dying. It's like Love and Other Drugs. It's where she's she's got the cancer or something. Yeah. And she's, uh, she's going she's gonna to date Keanu for a month. Because he's like right. a highfalutin business attorney or something like that, and she's she's like, I'll give you November and you can hit that, but then after after <laughs> November, the, the gates are closed, right? Oh and he's God. like, okay, it'll be like that chastity belt in Robin Hood Men and Tights, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then in December, so she she says, yeah, fly away, and he doesn't want to fly away. He's in love with her, so they want to keep doing. More, but I don't know. She probably dies. I don't know. I forget. She dies. I'm sure she, she dies. dies. Yeah. It's one of those don't love me because I'm going to die and therefore I don't deserve any happiness. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you can get that in any lifetime movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> um, and then also in 2001, he did Hardball where he plays. This is, he's like a, he's like a guy who's got gambling debts or something like that. And, uh, uh, one of his buddies is like, Hey, help me with these inner city kids, uh, uh, and form a baseball team. And it's, uh, like a team from Cabrini green in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so like he, he, uh, he does it. And of course, just like every baseball coach movie, he goes in going, well, this isn't going to be a big deal. My friend's going to help me out, help me out with this. And then his friend, like, just like, hey, you take care of it. Bye. He's gone. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, and he would be forgiven by his inner circle if he just left himself. But he ended, he ends up because he does need this money. He ends up, um, uh, teaching the kids baseball and everything. And then there's, there's a lot of things he doesn't understand about the neighborhood in which they live in and the, the, all these different, it's one of these things where he's learning, um, about, um, like there's the, there's the one scene in that movie where he, where a kid's like, uh, could you take me home? And it's like six o'clock or something like that. And he's like, no, I've got to go somewhere. I got to go cross town and do all this. And this kid has to go home by himself and you see him, he's like, he's got to walk through the most dangerous neighborhood there is, you know, that's like, it's, it's, it, it's like, you know, it's the, like everywhere there is, there's like drug dealers and people, you know, this, and, uh, the, you know, it's 
they had to tell him like, look, you gotta, you can't let a kid like that wander around at night during, in these bad neighborhoods. And, you know, so he learns all this, he learns all that. And he becomes like, you know, he, he teaches them, uh, good fundamental baseball techniques and things like that. Okay. Here's the, here's two extra reasons to watch this movie. This movie is perfectly average. You're, you're not going to love it. You're not going to hate it. Uh, I've seen it like three times. Um, but baby Michael B. Jordan is one of the kids on his team. Um, and he doesn't have a ton of screen time, but it's, I always love seeing a, a famous, excellent actor in a role. I didn't know they were in when I originally saw the movie. Uh, and then DB Sweeney, uh, you might remember him from the ice skating movie with the cutting edge. Yeah. Was that Moira Kelly? Moira, Moira Kelly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the asshole uh, coach of the other team that has all the money <laughs> and funding and the best bats. And <laughs> he's got a big cheek full of chaw the whole game or the whole, the whole yeah, the whole game. <laughs> That's um, the thing. You know, it's not just apples, by the way, guys. It's a lot of uh, chewable items that people, <laughs> that people put in their mouths, especially in sports. Watch Friday Night Lights. The, oh, Jesus. The, 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 the quote unquote evil team. By the way, not evil at all. They're just <laughs> the other team. They're just the other team, but they make them evil. You know, like this is the other. You need to be. You need to be scared of them. That guy all the way through it makes you hate him because he's got a fucking lollipop in his mouth the entire fucking game. <laughs> um, yeah, hardball was pretty good. I, I actually wasn't expecting much out of it, but uh, I, I really, I really actually like that movie. Uh, in uh, two thousand three. Now we start with the Animatrix, and that's only because the short came on before Dreamcatcher that year. Mm. Um, mm. And uh, as I've discussed many times, people came out of the theater going, "What's this cartoon? I came here for Morgan Freeman and Dreamcatchers." Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they and then you had to tell them, uh, "Well, you know, if you were to uh, have any any bit of uh, like." Like, I don't know if you, if you noticed anything about the poster or the newspaper or anything like that, they told you that there was going to be a short before this movie. Anyway, uh, the animatrix is one of what, how many shorts short? Well, the collection is all called the animatrix. And I think they actually varied which short was on your print based on, you know, where you happen to be in the country. Mm. Um, cause the whole thing is like an hour, maybe 50 minutes. If you put it all together, um, I love it. I was in the throes of everything Matrix. I was playing the video game. I was trying to find pirated copies of Reloaded before it hit the theater. I wanted everything Matrix in my veins. Um, <laughs> and they basically just got wildly different animation styles from different people uh, to tell stories that don't really impact the main trilogy, um, but are in the world of the Matrix. Um, and there's one with these two, like, hyper armored samurai guys on a roof it's really fucking rad uh and the only one that ties in closely is the i think it's called the kid um where the skateboarding kid uh gets saved by neo and then i think the speculation is that in revolutions revolutions there's a kid yeah the kid who picks up the armored suit after the general dies yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah puts it on um that's supposed to be the kid from this short. Hmm. Um, I have not seen any of the animatrix in years, probably since I bought the DVD, uh, the but one, I remember loving them. The one that we had on our dream catcher was, uh, was one where it was like, uh, 
it was a man and a woman in a dojo and they would, they were like slicing articles of clothing off of each other. Oh, yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Sexy sword fighting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I tell you what, Dreamcatcher was a big piece of shit. Hey, (laughs) I don't want you to disparage uh, Donnie Wahlberg (laughs) and that guy from The Wire. That's right. Um, but, uh, you know, this was, uh, all prelude to what was a huge matrix year. The two highly anticipated sequels, the matrix reloaded came out in the summer. Um, and, uh, the matrix revolutions came out in November of that year. Um, so, uh, we, we posed the question when we first went through this, um, how do these hold up now? Cause I, I, cause what, when I first watched both of these, when I watched the Thursday night screening to make sure the print was okay and everything, I came out and I remember there were a bunch of other people who had who were at the theater who were watching the movie this, uh, that same night because we had multiple prints of it. And I came out and I turned to them and I said, that kicked ass and then walked off. For and, both uh, of them or just for, for reloaded? reloaded for sure. Revolutions, I don't think so. Because Revolutions, by the time Revolutions comes around, you're like, oh, man, I don't know about that Reloaded that I just <laughs> Right. Because <laughs> even though I was like, that kicked ass, it was one of those like Phantom Menace things where you, you, get, you watch Phantom Menace and you're like, but it's Star Wars. It has to be good. <laughs> and you're. Yeah. And so uh, Reloaded was like that for me. And, uh, and, and I was like, yeah, that was good. And then about time, about time, November rolls around. You're like, man, I don't know if I like reloaded anymore, but anyway, um, reloaded and revolutions have, uh, have garnered a huge following obviously since then. And I wouldn't say that those movies were hated. It's just the people who hated it were the most vocal about it. Right. Yeah. It's, I think it's, I think it was generally, um, they it I think it's generally considered that they reached too far um and could have stuck to a a more linear story um the architect um and all the stuff in Zion with the squiddies attacking um Stuff, people weren't as interested in that. They want they want to see the Matrix, man. Yeah, um, yeah. It got boring. And, it got boring at the end of Revolutions, where it was like, oh, there's more of them. They keep coming. They mobilize into a bigger squiddy thing. Oh, yeah. they can't kill them with bullets. Okay. Yeah. The other thing is, and I think Reloaded's DVD came out before Revolutions hit theaters. I think that was part of the. I might be wrong, but I think that's part of the problem. Is that mm. That that burly brawl with a hundred Agent Smiths versus Neo looks fine on the big screen, man. I mean, there were maybe one or two moments your subconscious went, "Oh, I wonder if that's CGI," but that was it. Then you get it home and you put it on your TV, and it's a DVD, <laughs> and you're like, "God, he's more rubber in this than he is real." Yeah. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I every time I watch that scene, all I see is missed potential like if they had waited not that they knew but if they'd waited five more years maybe the technology would be there to make it look more seamless but it pulls me out i can't Mm -hmm. deny that it's frustrating to me that the first movie ends with him flying off uh saying he's gonna unplug everybody and the second movie opens with him there's there's new agents and 
He goes, upgrades, ah, interesting. And then he fights with them as though they're his equal for several minutes instead of just diving inside them and exploding them like he did the agents <laughs> in the first movie. Yeah. yeah, And I think a lot of people were confused by that. It felt like a step back. And again, this is probably because they reached too far. Once you get into the Merovingian and his wife, and I'm just like rolling my eyes, even as a, as a massive fan, I will say that the, the car chase sequence that they built a set for um which right. is not the greatest chase in history right um <clears throat> is incredible it mm-hmm. lasts god it lasts maybe 35 minutes that whole mm-hmm. sequence and it's all great uh and neo fighting the merovingians dudes in the double stairway mansion room is a fantastic scene uh it's just that the those those fantastic parts have to be added to the not fantastic parts, and this, the hole you come up with is not great, not as bad as we thought. Are you talking about Reloaded itself? Yes, for the most part, but uh, uh. both of them. They're, I don't think they're as good as the first one, but I don't think they're as bad as we thought a year after we saw them. I agree, I agree. I think Reloaded from start to finish, like the Merovingian stuff overall, I think is great. Yes, there are huge set pieces like the the chase, but like all the ghost twins stuff is very cool to me. Yes, I agree. Uh, the keymaster stuff is very cool to me. Um, I enjoy the architect scene as as preposterous as it is. Uh, and you're yeah, absolutely right. A computer program architect machine would totally talk like that, like yep. an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> but like it started the lugubriousness. The lugubri. Yes. Not that I have any experience with that at all. Um, but like it, it spends a lot more time in the matrix except for the dance orgy than the, the revolutions. And I think that's, that's what appeals to me. I think it, it's slicker. It moves, it's paced better. Uh, there's more action in it. Well, and you're in the, the, the final battle being in, in revolutions, but yeah. Well, another bog point for me is when they get home in the beginning, God, you could cut 30 minutes out of the first hour of this movie (laughs) with the whole bickering with the commander guy and having the rave prayer worship service. (laughs) That one I like. That that part I like. But then bickering about whether or not Morpheus is allowed to go back out and the Senate scene. And (laughs) it gets a little George Lucas-y in there. Yeah, it is. Um, is. But you're in the Matrix more in that movie. By the revolutions, they're spending so much time in the quote-unquote real world that I don't give a shit about. But I will say, Matrix in the Matrix in this movie, Neo versus Agent Smith with the green lightning and the water everywhere and the boom boom is better than any Superman fight ever put to film. I've said it before. I'll say it again. It's thrilling. I uh, shut your I, mouth, Barrett. I see your brain working. I've been on. I've been on record as saying that I would rather be in the Matrix than to be anywhere near Zion. Um, like Zion, like feels like this big party and everything. And it's like, Oh, look at all the fun they're having and look at how free they are. And look at like, you know, but if you're in the matrix, you don't know, you don't know that you're in the matrix. Like that's the, that was the whole point of the Joey pants scene in the first movie. Um, you know, like, you know, I just like enjoying, I like enjoying steak. I know it's fake, but I like, I just like steak. (laughs) I want to be rich. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. I want to be important like an actor. Um, but, uh, but like, that's the thing. Like, and we, when we first went through all of this too, I was confused as to how Zion worked, but you said that they, they keep re 
they when they when this matrix thing always when it ends there's a new zion created every single time Mm -hmm. and everything which is still a bit confusing to me uh in a way because i don't know when the matrix begins and when real life ends and all that if because the only person giving you that information is that fucking architect dictionary speaking motherfucker <laughs> yeah i mean if fishburn is correct at the beginning was talking about how we're the ones who scorch the sky and well, you know a lot of people think it's like 1999 but it's closer to 2099 or whatever it was that he says um you know i there's got to be at some point where the real world like how do you create another zion if zion is not part of the matrix that's the thing that's always you know, like bothered me and uh, and maybe maybe dude explains that too. I just don't I just don't remember. All. I don't know that he does. What he says is it will be destroyed, and so I think what happens is they literally destroy it. It becomes rubble. They pick eight new people or seventeen new people, whatever the fuck it is, mm. to be the new Zion residents. It's going to take generations for them to build up a new Zion. And by the t- even if they ended up in the same place where the rubble of the old Zion was, it's gonna it's gonna look like Earth rubble to them, not Zion mm-hmm. rubble. Right. And so it's just, start building again. So they it's like it's like um, it's like uh, Isengard and Thor, right? Where the, it can be anywhere. Uh, you know, <laughs> yes. Like our home can be anywhere. So Zion is Zion is the people, not the place. <laughs> right. Exactly. Did you just say? Did you say Asgard? He said Isengard. I said Isengard. I oh, meant okay. Asgard. Oh, is okay. that a Lord of the Rings? Nice. Yeah. You just melded <laughs> Thor and Lord of the Rings. I, I love it. I did. Well, there's that time in the first Thor where he says Vanaheim, and it sounds like Anaheim. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> He's like, you're all these beautiful worlds. Blah, blah, blah. Anaheim. <laughs> you think Vanaheim, but you can't really hear it. Well, regardless, uh, I, I strenuously object to what he does at the end. Because I don't know what that means. Uh, he Jesuses himself to the machines. Machines say, okay, thank you for your service. And they turn the sentinels off. But, like, what happens then? Do the pod people stay the pod people? Does everyone get woken up? Does everyone else go into the Matrix? Does Zion just, like, like hang out? While the Matrix people are still Matrixing, or like, is the Zion people? Are they trying to wake pe- more people up? And if you know what I'm saying, like, I don't, I, I don't I, like the end of this story. Okay, well, a lot of this is where they went. They reached a little too far, right? Because mm. the video game that came out after these two movies is set after the movies, really. And yes, and there are rumors about Neo and. There's like I think Morpheus dies in that game, hmm. and that there there are some speculating that's why he's not in this upcoming fourth movie is that the game is still considered canon. I haven't played it since it came out. I don't remember shit, but the game does attempt to explain some of the questions. The movies do not, and I I get that that's frustrating. All all of the movies tell you is that the machines have agreed to end the war, and they don't tell you anything else about what that looks like. That's a lot of motherfuckers in pods. And I don't think Zion has enough room for everybody. Well, and the machines would claim they need those pods for energy. It's not like they can just close them and be like, oh, we're cool, man. No. But also, if Neo had sat there and done this legal negotiation with Babyface, 
Like, all right, what about the pod people? You're going to let them out? Well, we need some of the pod people. We'll keep a thousand. You can have the rest of them. It would have been a boring ass fucking scene. <clears throat> Just, it is really like a baby face, right? It's absolutely a baby face. <clears throat> it's either a baby face or a quato face. <laughs> Uh, in 2003, Keanu Reeves wasn't done. He was in Something's Gotta Give, the Diane Keaton, oh. Jack Nicholson, old people fuck movie. Yeah, they do. <laughs> old people yeah, fuck? They, they fuck just they. like we do. They mm. fuck just like mm. we do. Uh, uh, this movie's surprisingly <laughs> charming. Yeah, it is. I only saw it one time, um, and other than the sudden uh, Diane Keaton nudity that I wasn't expecting, which is totally fine, yes. um, I was charmed by this movie. Yeah, yeah. Keanu is uh, playing a doctor. And playing a nice, it's a it's a minor role, minorish role, uh, but he falls in love with Diane Keaton and her old person nudity, and mm-hmm. wants to wants to do things. And uh, Jack Nicholson. So I think Diane Keaton is a writer, and Jack Nicholson wants to get up in there. God, sorry, Jesus. <laughs> get up in them guts. <laughs> <laughs> he. So so Jack Nicholson has always been like the guy that got the the younger girls. But then he starts falling in love with Diane Keaton and Keanu and Jack are competing for the same woman and that's Diane Keaton. And uh whole nine yards is in this um Amanda Pete. Yes. I got it. Pete. I got it. Um and it's like a love square. <laughs> yeah. Even with the uh, even with the uh, the uh, the uh, the uh, nudity, uh, it's only PG thirteen because it's a brief well, nudity. Well, it's not even. It's like, like shadowed. Yeah, it's not like it. You can see a lot of anything. Um, I don't remember too much about the movie. In fact, all these, you know, something's got to give. It's complicated. It's <laughs> like, you know, all these movies just run together to me. Um, Something and, complicated has got to give. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I don't remember too much about that movie. On to 2005. Uh, I believe Barrett, you saw Thumbsucker. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember if I saw it or not. I do remember Keanu Reeves plays like some sort of like guru in this, uh, or something. Like that. He does. It's weird because he's an orthodontist. He's uh, the kid's orthodontist that's been with them uh, for a long time because he's he's literally a thumbsucker, which fucks up your teeth, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and he's like, "Do you are you ready to lose your thumb?" And like, and like, he's he's got to go through. This is where he says, "Find your spirit animal and all that stuff to, <laughs> yeah. to help you stop sucking your thumb," because he wants to grow up. And uh, it's really really fun. Uh, it's got a great cast. Uh, Vince Vaughn is in this uh, briefly. Vincent D'Onofrio is in this. Oh, and Tilda Swinton, who's going to be in the next movie that we talk about. Tilda Swinton plays Thumbsucker's mom. Mm-hmm. Um, who is, I think, married to Vincent D'Onofrio. It's a really good cast. Haven't seen it in a while, but uh, I remember really liking it. Uh, Keanu has kind of gone back to Keanu-style acting in this movie. He's yeah. a little bit spacey, a little bit, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, you know. I remember it being as suiting the movie's tone, though. Yeah. And yeah. so it's, 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 really, it's really good uh, performance for him. Uh, 2005 also had Constantine. Now, this is a movie that because it was in 2005, I really wasn't ready to give this a, a, a shake. Although I think the, um, 
Uh, I think this is only in retrospect because I didn't know 2005 was going to be such a garbage dump when this <laughs> one came out. This came out in February, I believe. But um, when I watched it, I was like, "Oh man, the the effects in this movie! Oh my god, they're so they're they're eye gougingly yeah, bad." But uh, but uh, I, I was letting that distract me from what's a pretty good story. Like this is a really good comic book adaptation. Um. Uh, Rachel Vice plays twins. One of them has thrown herself off of a building for unknown reasons. And her sister is like, I know she would never commit suicide. I need you to figure out if, if, if she did or not, because I want to make sure that she goes to heaven because you try to commit suicide. You're, you know, you, you apparently can't go to heaven. So Keanu Reeves is trying to figure out, uh, if this indeed was a uh, real suicide. And, um, and, and so he has to go into the depths of hell, uh, to, to figure this out. And, uh, and, and as you do, it's a really entertaining scene though, because he, she tries to get his sister to go down at one point. What happens? Oh, does scene? he? I mean, because I think... there's a point where she goes, do I have to get completely naked to get in this tub or whatever? And he has that long pause. Like that's not his sister though. Right. No, it's her sister. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah, her sister. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. He, he goes White, down first to mm -hmm. uh, do something. I think that's the one where he tries to identify her by seeing her hospital bracelet, which she still right, has in hell. Somehow in hell, he still has the hospital bracelet. <laughs> but she has to get Rachel Vice uh, has to go back in later on, uh, and it it goes that's the whole bathtub scene because mm -hmm. he only has to use like a little bit of water because he's done it so many times, but she has to dunk herself all the way in. Right. And the, right. The first one where he goes down is fantastic because he's uh, it's, it's pejorative, but it's meant to be a character called midnight played by Jaiman Hansu right. uh, helps him uh, to get down there. And he's the arbiter of what's fair in this universe. Right. And it's a, it's some, it's some chair that he has to, it's an electric, an old electric chair or something like that, um, that he has to use to go in there. And, but anyway, the, the story is really cool. And he is, is, uh, he's sort of this, he's, he's, he's a bag and demons for, for God and everything. And he thinks that this kind of work should get him into heaven, but he has, there is a reason why he can't get into heaven. And he's asking Tilda Swinton, who plays Gabriel, uh, you know, he keeps in asking her like, or it's, it's really androgynous. So it's more mm -hmm. of, it's, uh, it's more of a, I would say they, them and they pronouns for this Gabriel character. Um, they keep telling, they keep telling him that, you know, you're fucked. You, you will never get into heaven. But he keeps thinking, if I keep doing this, surely God will will see my side of it and everything. Um, and yeah, this whole uh, balance thing is an interesting thing about this movie too. Just the 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 fact that that uh, nobody can help sway the battle one way or the other. But uh, this movie was really good. It, yeah. It's it's I, I I I when I first like I said when I first watched it didn't like it. Uh, the second time I watched it, I was like, I was being unfair to that movie. He's really good. He has a very good acting performance. So he's sick of your bullshit. He's sick of everybody's bullshit. Mm -hmm. And, 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 and he smokes a bunch. He got the, he got the black lung and like, he's, mm -hmm. uh, he's, he's not afraid of these demons. Uh, in fact, he's annoyed by these demons. 
He even has a stare down with Satan. Uh, yeah. By Peter Stormare, which is fantastic. Uh, the reason to watch <laughs> this movie, I mean, Rachel Weiss is fantastic, but the reason to watch this movie is his performance, which you don't always say <laughs> things about mm-hmm. that uh, for Keanu Reeves movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this mm-hmm. is a this is a he's so cool in this movie. He's just so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's it's back to his almost to, to the Matrix days with him on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, then in 2006, uh, Richard Langlader's uh, Scanner Darkly uh, with hmm. using the same, I'm assuming, rotoscoped animation style that Waking Life did. Uh, a couple years before this um, based on the Philip K. Dick novel. And I know that the, uh, the, it's like uh, some sort of new, it's like some sort of drug or something. I can't mm-hmm. remember because uh, the opening scene is Rory Cochran, like, like, like scratching his body because he thinks there's bugs. Uh, there, there are bugs on it, on him and everything. And he keeps like scratching and scratching and there's really, of course, no bugs on his body the entire time. But I haven't seen this movie in forever. And the reason why is it's hard to find on Blu-ray. Oh, you'd think uh, Richard Linkletter would have all of his shit on Criterion Collection or something like that. Well, I would uh, think this would be because this was very well received when it came it out. Was. It's got a pretty good following. And so... I'm kind of surprised myself that this hasn't uh, that this isn't easier to find. But yeah, he's good in this. Robert Downey Jr. This is before his official comeback in uh, Iron Man, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it it works really really well. It's uh, Winona Ryder and Keanu uh, back together again, and uh, it's it's extremely trippy. It's not as trippy as Waking Life, which he did a few years earlier. Um, it actually has more of a linear story. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it is, it is very, very good. And, uh, that's weird. That's not on Blu-ray. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think it is. It's just that it's hard to find. It's out of print or whatever. It's one of those For things. For $700, you can yeah, have a scanner darkly. When you go to Amazon and you're like, I want a scanner darkly Blu-ray. And they're like, yeah, you can get it from blah, 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 unlimited for $90. And you're like, oh, <laughs> I don't know if I want to watch it that much. Um, also in 2006, the lake house where he reunites mm-hmm. with Sandra Bullock, mm-hmm. his speed mm-hmm. co-star. This is and he frequencies her, <laughs> yeah, he her. but only from a year away. I never understood why it was just a year. Like it's it's not long enough, or it's too long. Like it's weird. <laughs> he sends like letters. To the, they do they both send letters? Like do, yes. he sends letters that go into the future, and she gets it, and then she sends letters back into the past, and. And it is a sort of a long distance relationship, <laughs> long, <laughs> long time relationship. I don't know what you would call this, but he's um, first, right? And she's second or is she first and he's second. It's literally been 2006 since I've seen this movie. Well, I'll spoil this movie because fuck it. Uh, yeah. Is she's the cardiologist or something like that? And he did. He, like he gets hit by a bus, ironically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The bus that wouldn't slow down. But yeah. if it was a bus, that would be awesome. Oh, it would uh, be. He gets caught. And then, like, she she's supposed to work on him, but she doesn't for some reason. He dies. And uh, that's the twist. And it's actually not that bad of a movie. But, uh, yeah, it's it's a weird thing. I don't know how this started or or why and stuff. 
Yeah, I can't remember much about it. I know that Family Guy had their thing where like Keanu Reeves' character sticks his penis in the mailbox, <laughs> and then like, and then like the Sandra Bullock character opens it up and says something like, "Oh, I didn't, I didn't order like you know year old sausages or something like that." Um, <laughs> some something something. Surely she'll like. get this. Yeah. <laughs> Um, in 2008. So yeah, he, he took 2007 off essentially, uh, probably uh, touring with dog star. You never know. Yeah. 2008 street Kings, David Ayers. Uh, uh, I remember liking this movie, but I don't remember anything about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Keanu is playing the Ethan Hawk basically, uh, <laughs> in this, and everybody else are they're a bunch of like you know they're a bunch of denzels and uh, and uh you know that they're it's you know it's it's dirty cops stealing money and and stashing it in another house somewhere that's my favorite justin timberlake song dirty cops <laughs> dirty, dirty cops you reached back to the NSYNC days for that poll <laughs> Is that a, is that in sync song? Oh, their last <laughs> album was pop, <laughs> dirty pop, dirty pop. <laughs> but uh, Forrest Whitaker's in it. You have Hugh Laurie, Chris Evans is in this movie. Oh, oh wow! Mm. Isn't uh, Cedric the Entertainer in this one? Cedric the Entertainer, Jay Moore, Terry Crews, Naomi Harris. There's a ton of people in this movie. Um, but you but always, yeah, I, I always get this confused with the harsh times and the end of well, not end of watch because that's that's a different style. But like but that trilogy all... right there was almost very similar. You could get a lot yeah. of those scenes interchanged. Oh yep. yeah, but that's his wheelhouse, man. Is that that kind of story, and uh, that's why I had such high hopes for Bright. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I remember Street Kings being pretty good. Um, I just, uh, yeah, it's been since 2008 since I've seen it. Uh, then the remake, The Day the Earth Stood Still. Scott Derrickson did this. And eh, this movie's just not very good. It's just not, it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a slog to get through. It's very slow. Mm-hmm. Have you guys seen the original? No, I haven't. Nope. I think I caught some of the original one night. And it was the total opposite. It was it was tense. It uh, it had urgency to it. It had the first one was dealing with nukes. This one I think deals with climate change, mm. um, where Klaatu was sent to see if there was basically any reason that they shouldn't like fuck the hell out of this this planet. Uh, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and he's like the the negotiator. Uh, and in this one, it's the same thing. Uh, except it's it's about like are they able to save the earth and somehow Jennifer Conley's son saves the earth by appealing to Klaatu's humanity. Uh, you'd think that Jennifer Conley enough would mm-hmm. be enough to yeah. save the world, right. uh, and she's trying her best here. But Keanu is doing <laughs> an intentional blank slate with this because he's not supposed to be human. But there's a lot of like you need to let me go and like, <laughs> and like the earth isn't worth it and, and shit like that. And it's not good. And yeah. all like, I like turtles. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say that in the movie. Uh, <laughs> I lie. We just oh, assume that he likes. Turtles. I would give it an extra, I give it a whole extra rating point if it did. I agree. Uh, 
but uh, the the original is no is known for that Klaatu Verada Nikto thing that uh, eventually would be an army of darkness. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Bruce Campbell would say that uh, uh, to the Book of the Dead out in the out in the open there. Uh, but uh, yeah, the movie wasn't very good. Uh, I don't see anything on 2009 that I saw. Uh, 2010. I don't care about Henry's crime. Um, <laughs> didn't see, I didn't see Henry's crime. Uh, 2012. Generation Um. Yeah, I didn't see that either. Mm, um. 2013. Man of Tai Chi. I know Jeremy has seen this. I have. It was his directorial debut. Um, I, Mr. Does he Mr. do Mr. Tai Keanu Chi? Weaves. Huh? Does he do Tai Chi? I don't know. Well, I mean, In like Tai life? Chi is the the slow lugubrious movements mm-hmm. right where it's like no. all this and meditative and stuff it's not an actual fighting style is it i don't think you're right about that when you I see people practicing of, uh, it's a martial art but it's all but slow. it also has health benefits and meditation so yeah you're right yeah um <clears throat> anyway he directed this it's not bad eco weiss is in this um does he do not- rage yet um no i mean he does some fighting but i mean god love him it's keanu reeves directorial debut it's not there's a reason that people don't bring up man of tai chi when the best martial arts movies are discussed it's it's just okay that's all there is to say about it uh then he also did 47 ronin this year it's another movie i haven't seen i've seen this this is bonkers he's playing a half japanese half english guy in like early Japanese history. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like firebenders and like robe dragons and shit. This is a bonkers <laughs> ass movie. Uh, I did not enjoy. <clears throat> <laughs> you didn't like any, like even 46 of the Ronin. You didn't like them. <laughs> like 12 Ronin. If it were 12 Ronin, would you be okay? Oh, that's too uh, bad. Yeah. I would have thought you would have liked one of the Ronin. Uh, I didn't <laughs> like the Ronin. <laughs> Yeah, this was uh, it's it's weird. Forty seven was a a weird, just out of the blue number that I think the same year, forty seven meters down, or one of those. I think it it, it was around that time. Forty seven meters down came out. Some forty seven uh, was a uh, band. Oh, they were awesome. Forty seven meters down was two thousand seventeen, so it was four years away. But yeah, what a what a weird number to just like, let's have a bunch of movies have forty seven in it. Jackie mm-hmm. Robinson. <laughs> yeah, forty seven. Forty seven. Everybody remembers. All right, everybody. It is time to talk about BetterHelp. BetterHelp. Yes, it's beautiful. It's fabulous. You've heard us talk about it a lot, and I will not shut up about this because. I told you last time about a friend of mine that got involved with it that is doing spectacularly in early on in the pro, in the process. But we've also heard from other people via Twitter, via SoundCloud, via email, all over the place that have either signed up for this service at BetterHelp.com or therapy in general. And man, I cannot freaking believe how many of you have said, all right, I'm, I'm going to take this plunge. I'm going to start this off. If you haven't done this already and you feel like you need it, betterhelp.com, H-E-L-P.com slash Zencast. Here's one thing that I haven't highlighted that I need to, because I've been focused on individual counseling for myself and for uh, uh, proselytizing to all you people. But they've also got uh, options for counseling for couples and counseling for teens. 
Now, this should not be uh, something that you just kind of like turn your nose up at because people with teens, you know that they are not only going through teenage bullshit right now, they're going through teenage pandemic bullshit right now. And it's tough, man. It's tough enough for me without raging hormones and hair and stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> long and beautiful hair. <laughs> but it's it's very, very difficult for them. Uh, if you are having issues with your significant other, uh, if you guys have been kind of cooped up, uh, doing a lot of things together, even in the best of circumstances... Uh, you could maybe use some counseling. And then, of course, you have your individual counseling, uh, which is all done on the computer. Could not be easier, folks. You go there, you get your calendar, you set up your thing, you talk, and voila. And there are different kinds of therapy. There are different therapists with different focuses. Uh, I think a lot of people just think it's one big blanket that covers everything. But Mm -hmm. there is couples therapy. There's trauma therapy. uh, there's all kinds of therapy, <clears throat> and uh, you can choose from this massive list of licensed professionals on BetterHelp's website. Usually people close to you is the kind of people they show you first. You can use your phone. You can use the text. You can use a video chat. You can stay in your own home and get some help, and uh, that's just an extraordinary thing that flat out didn't exist several years ago, and I definitely could have used it. And uh, you can save a little money if you go to that link. Jeremy, how many therapy appointments do you think you've you've done? In my entire life? Yeah, in person. Mm, 150. How many of those have you not worn pants to? <laughs> Zero. See? Another yep. advantage to better help. I should probably cut that. <laughs> you probably should. <laughs> or just say how many of those have you wore pajamas to? If that if that answer is even more even one. <laughs> it's too many it's an indictment on me for sure is you don't have to get in your suit and tie like jeremy does when he goes to therapy and like you can you can show up casually you can do a chat option you can do a text option like jeremy was saying uh this this is the easiest way that i have seen to get into counseling um even if you're not say clinically depressed or clinical anxiety or anything like that, but you're having some problems. You're having trouble sleeping, having trouble communicating, a lot of anger, a lot of, a lot more substance uh, use than you're, you're used to. This is the time to take advantage of a platform like BetterHelp uh, that, uh, that can help you in many different ways. Um, We're not going to stop talking about it because we love it. Uh, So go to betterhelp.com slash syncast, get 10% off, your first month and use it. When you sign up, use it. Don't just let it uh, sit on your tabby tabs. You just want you want to engage in the process. Betterhelp.com slash sendcast uh, has our stamp of approval. Do it now. I I didn't see Extreme Pursuit in 2013. Mm, no. Sounds that like sounds a, like a Jeremy <laughs> movie though. Sounds like a a Extreme short. Measures or Desperate Measures or Extraordinary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a short 16 minute uh, short. Then he goes off and does John Wick in uh, 2014. And that's sort of, that is definitely his, sort of his comeback. Remember, at this point, he hasn't had a major hit. 
since the Matrix movies. It's I think it's the Matrix movies. I mean, Constantine was a mild hit, um, but uh, yeah, John Wick is is definitely him being back, and they they even have that line, you know, I'm thinking I'm back, and everything. It really sort of um, is a double meaning for not only his character but his his own career in that because he definitely. Uh, he definitely, uh, resurrected his career with this. Um, this movie, when it came out was, it was a decent hit, but then just like something like born identity, it like had this huge video, uh, you know, following and they made the sequel and then suddenly it's, this is like real blockbuster territory that they've gotten into. I used to think Matt Damon was kind of a Streisand, but he's rocking the shit in this. He really is. (laughs) Keanu is rocking the shit. And I actually just. Caught a little bit of John Wick, the first one. And I really want to go back and watch two again because I just didn't like to. But the first one, man, is just a fucking blast. It's not the blast that three is. I think three, they decided we we know the formula now. We're going to shift it into high gear. But in one, you haven't seen anything like this really before, especially in the States. And it, the the stunt director directed all of these, right? But Keanu... Helped like co-directed the first one. Do you guys know this? Yeah, there's okay. So Chad Stahelski is the credited director. Okay, he's the stunt coordinator that um, worked on the Matrix. Yes, he he was. He did all he did stunts on that. And then there's a uh, David Leach is an uncredited director on this, and uh, he would go on to do Atomic Blonde. Nice, um, nice. Deadpool two. And uh, I think so. I think that's right. Oh, and he did Hobbs and Shaw. What about that? What about that? Uh, what about that? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, he did those. And then Stahelski, let me see what he did. Did he direct any more of these? Because I think the, they've continued that. Uh, yeah, he did two and three. So Stahelski yeah. did all these. So, yeah. And it's great. I mean, what a great idea. It's a simple premise Wife dies, clearing the way for any other baggage except for the dog. Kill the dog. Uh, Alfie, Alfie, no dick from um, uh, Game of Thrones. He uh, he kills the dog, and then off mm-hmm. he goes to to get revenge. And the gunplay. Sure you have to clarify, sir. There are many no dicked characters in Game of Thrones. I was just no, about I to say that. I know who you're talking about, though. It's the Greyjoy. Greyjoy, Theon Greyjoy. And uh, the cool thing about this movie as opposed to the Raid movies, and you can't really compare these apples to apples, is because of all the guns. The Raid movies are basic hand-to-hand fighting uh, with some knives thrown in, uh, by and large, all the way through. This is almost all gunfighting, and gunfighting in ingenious ways, like holding a gun that you just shot a dude through the head holding his head, holding the gun and shooting the guy behind him and shit like that. And, uh, and just the, the, the use of, uh, hand to hand combat with guns, especially that scene in the nightclub where he's going to meet, uh, uh, Ian McShane. It was something, it's just an absolute fucking blast. Well, there are, they used, they reused stunt people in like this. They, they (laughs) used every bit, that they had, right? They left it all out there. So in a couple of these scenes, one of the first people he knocks down, once the camera pans, gets up, runs around, and is one of the, he's like the seventh guy he knocks down later. Mm-hmm. And as the movies have grown, 
uh, in budget and don't have to do that, uh, so has their imagination grown in what they can do with the action and the budget that they now have. But this first movie was, you know, should should get a lot of credit for the kind of shoestring shit they did that nobody noticed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get the sense that Keanu Reeves is kind of like Neo in real life because you know, the whole like ability to, to download, uh, uh, you know, being able to fly a helicopter and all that <laughs> stuff. He's done that over the years because he's done so many different movies where it required him to learn how to ride a horse or, you know, or just to, like the number of things that they do in John Wick three, where they're like, well, Keanu, do you know how to do this, 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 this? Oh yeah. Yeah. I've done all those things. And, uh, so he knows all this stuff and he, and they can put him in as the, the guy doing the stuff. They don't have to put a stunt person in all the time. Um, the, uh, the, the thing about the combat here is just that it's so mercifully, uh, it just keeps everything in front of the camera. There's not so many edits everywhere. Um, that's the thing about it, right? Like, even if the action is a little bit unrealistic or whatever, at least I can see what's going on. And it's done in such a nice choreographed way that I'm like, okay, this is something I'm really getting into. I really enjoy this. Other than this, man, every action scene in every movie that you watch uh, is just cut to death, man. And too okay. many close yeah. up. And and can I say something about that? Received a couple of comments recently, specifically about Marvel movies, specifically about Jeremy's controversial tweet about Birds of Prey versus MCU movies. So controversial. We like a lot of the MCU movies, okay? I even love some of the MCU movies. Almost all of the action in the MCU movies is chopped to death, chopped to death to where you don't have a, a, a sense of place, a sense of action, a sense of who's fighting who, that kind of thing. Just because we keep on with this action scene doesn't mean we're throwing the whole movie out the window, which I've seen some comments saying that we we are. What we are saying is that when you do see that action, play out it makes it a wholly unique experience and it makes it a better experience it's like watching you're looking at a a painting that's that's you know cut together in different ways and everything versus just the whole thing on the canvas right there the both can be fine but i prefer to see the whole thing and see where things are relative there's my soapbox sorry yeah yeah and (laughs) you know occasionally a marvel movie will do something like that and those are usually the best Action scenes in the movie for me is when they have the have at least one shot that lasts longer than 10 seconds. And they will come all over their faces when they do that. They'll be like, oh, yeah, how about that scene? And then they'll go back to doing the same fucking shit. Right. Because, hey, we gave you something. Now, now here's where we're just filling it in with a bunch of random shots of, you know, Thor swinging his hammer and. You know, this guy like, you know, going oof and then then you know, that's it. Uh, <laughs> I like the oof guy. He's <laughs> my favorite. All right, now cut the to oof. Going to the the oof. <laughs> like, okay. We see Thor swing his hammer. Now we need to go to oh well, well, we had ten takes of this. Uh that's the best oof on the in uh, two thousand fifteen he did a movie with Eli Roth called Knock Knock. And uh yeah. Uh, there. Boobs and butts. Mm-hmm. Boobs and butts who? 
Ana de Armas and uh, Lorenza Izzo, uh, who was at the time Eli Roth's wife. Um, it's about two very beautiful women who show up uh, at Keanu Reeves' door. His family has gone off on some sort of vacation. He's supposed to look after his wife's like art or something. The art is like uh, being sold. The women show up and say, hey, we were looking for this party. We can't find the house. Can we stay here? It's raining. Uh, and, uh, you know, then they start, you know, well, our clothes are all so wet. So can we put them in the washer and dryer? Oh, yeah. And can we take a shower, too? And, oh, by the way, can I seduce you while we're here, while we're in the shower? And the answer is that the characters are played by Ana de Armas and Lorenza Izzo. So the answer is yes. Uh, they can seduce most men, probably. Are you saying that you would fall for this? That you would, you would, you would know something was up, but that you would be powerless to resist it? I would. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I would. That's I would a have, truthful answer. Like there's a there's a a probability that you think in your mind that well, no, no matter what happens, you'll be able to get out of it somehow. Uh, you know, by the end, because yes, it would be way too good to be true. <laughs> These two women who look like Ana de Armas and Lorenzo Izzo just coming in and like, Oh my God, where'd my clothes go? And so, <laughs> um, yeah, so it, it's, it's, it's that. And then, then they overstay their welcome. Uh, I and mean, he's of course resistant at first, but then, you know, he, he falls prey to it. And then they stay longer and they're ruining the house. They're even, they're even getting close to ruining the art. I think they do ruin the art. Um, and uh, he, he, uh, he sends them away and he thinks that's it, but no, it's not it. It never is it. Um, <laughs> they knock and then they knock again. <laughs> knock again. <laughs> There's two knocks there. Um, but uh, yeah, this is, this is a hilariously bad Keanu Reeves performance. Yep. This yep. is one of the funniest bad performances of all time. <laughs> And I and when during the first time we went through this, we we I think we went full on to the end of this movie. But like, there's a point where he's getting buried uh, in the in the in the backyard or something to his neck, and uh, and he's like sitting there yelling at him, and he says "fuck" about five hundred thousand. Oh my god! <laughs> and 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 they're like they're like you know goading him. Because hey, you know how dare you like cheat on your wife with us and everything, and and we did this all because uh, like uh, like how many men we you know how many men we've done this with like ten other guys and nobody's ever said no to us. Yeah, of course not. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, I have to watch this movie. And, yeah, yeah, this is as wreck a warny as it gets. It's not good. <laughs> warny as it gets, but this is the kind of warn that makes people want to go watch it because he's. Oh, yeah. It's so bad. They, uh, you know, he's like, you, you tried to seduce me. You're the one. Tried to <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> uh, so yeah, not, not not very good, but it's it's got it. Oh, it's uh, on Prime. I'm yeah. watching that tonight, baby. <laughs> oh my god. Um, you should you should watch it. Oh, um, I'm pulling it up right now. Oh geez, no, stop. Okay. Um. Then. Then he did a movie that I, I warned uh, many ages ago called Exposed. This Exposed. Keanu Reeves and, uh, with the Ana de Armas. And, um, yeah, 
This is about this is a movie where Ana de Armas goes down into a subway and sees like this white ghostly figure. The next day we're told that something happened. Somebody got murdered in that subway and we don't know exactly what happened. And, and, uh, and by the end of it, I think I, I, uh, um, I spoiled this movie when I warned it back in the day, but the, the whole white ghost floating over the tracks was just a defense mechanism because she's getting raped in the subway. And, um, and she, she is, thinking of this to as a defense mechanism and she actually kills the guy who is raping her. And that's why that guy, that's why there is a murder being investigated by Keanu Reeves. Who's a cop in the mm. movie. Um, right. 2016. He was also the voice of Keanu, the cat in Keanu. Uh, hey, that's some stunt casting right there. Yeah. The, um, the story that I've heard about this movie is that they named the movie Keanu before John wick even came out. And so there's like similar things here where somebody's cat stolen and he has to go get the cat and everything. And they called the cat Keanu. So everybody thought this was sort of a play on John wick and how John wick is getting revenge on whoever killed his dog and all that. But apparently that wasn't the case. They wrote this before that, but, uh, Keanu is a frustrating movie with the talent involved. Uh, Key and Peel are in this, and 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 they're charming. They're they have to. He he. I think it's uh, Peel that gets a cat, and then the cat gets uh, like stolen when their drug dealer buddy has a visit from gangsters, and then they go off to try to find the cat, and they're. And they have to, so they have to pose as gangsters to try to get the cat back. So they have to act hard when they're not hard. And uh, there's a scene that the, I have to do that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Um, but there's a scene uh, in there where uh, where Key is uh, is with a couple of gangster guys in the van while Peel goes into uh, into Anna Ferris's house. And Anna Ferris is playing herself in this. She's playing a drug addled version of herself. And so there's a lot of little in jokes in the, in that scene and everything, but she, they're trying to sell drugs to her while, while key is in the van and key is playing, uh, uh, George Michael tunes to, uh, the gangster guys. And he has to, he has to prove to them like, cause they're like, why do you have that kind of crap on your phone? He's like, well, George Michael was the hardest that it ever got. Let me tell you about, let me tell you about his, his, uh, his life. His father left him and blah, blah, blah. And so they, they, you know, he turns, he turns them around. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the movies, the movies got mild laughs. It just feels like it should be a lot funnier, a lot fun, more fun. Uh, and I guess he, I guess Keanu Reeves plays the, the place, the occasional meow. Of the cat in Keanu. Oh, there's not even like a talking version of the cat. Like he just says meow. Sure, it's just meow. Kind of like uh, uh, who was it? Uh, was the, it George Clooney. Yeah, Clooney. Yeah. He was the Yippy the, the barking talk. Right. Uh, 2016. Also, the Neon Demon. I don't actually remember Keanu Reeves in this movie. I haven't I haven't seen this movie in a while. But this is uh, Nicholas Winding Refn. Uh, I remember this movie being like, it's, it's just as what the fuck as a lot of his movies are. Uh, but I actually remember just getting sort of like 
in, I, I just got involved with this movie in some way. It's not great or anything, but it's something about it puts you in a mood. I don't know what it is. I was wanting to watch it. This is not, what is the Tom Ford movie that came out right after this that has a similar aesthetic? Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, he directed um, a single man, Nocturnal Animals. Nocturnal Animals was the one that yeah. I was thinking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. So you you remember liking or, or being attracted to the Neon Demon? Yeah, I mean it's it's uh, it's. I mean, I thought. I mean, like I said, it's not great or anything. It's just that it's a movie that appealed to me for some reason. Um, uh, there, it's just a it's just an unusual film. And uh, Elle Fanning in it plays uh, a model who's who's very naive at first, has a bunch of other models who think that they're better than her. And then she herself starts getting breaks where she becomes that type of model by the end of the movie. She becomes the one that looks down on everybody else and um, and everything. But I don't remember. I don't remember much about this movie. I don't remember Keanu Reeves in it. And I'm, you know, I'm sure he, he's probably in it for like an hour. Of <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember him uh, that much. Neon Demon is, I, I would, I would, I would wreck a warn that movie probably. To uh, anything else in 2016 that you guys have seen? No. 2017, no. we've discussed John Wick Chapter Two. Two uh, is the one where they really like expand the assassin universe, right? Where they. They go yep. into more detail about the uh, the hotel. I think uh, Ruby uh, Ruby Ruby Rose shows up in that one. There's there's too much world building for for me in this one. Let me tell you what I remember from two. Very early on in two, a very fast car hits Keanu Reeves in the knees, mm-hmm. and he walks and fights and kicks for the rest of the movie. <laughs> and I really really hated that. It really bothered me. That was a Fast and Furious moment. Doesn't the sin go that way? Like I'm trying to remember if that's how the sin was written. Like Keanu Reeves gets hit in the knees and he and he fights and kicks for the rest. of the- <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, that's some bullshit, man. <laughs> we just we just wrecked. um 2018 Siberia Siberia. I've seen that movie. Destination Uh-oh. Wedding. There you go. Oof. God damn. I don't know how you don't. Like they had more chemistry between Keanu and Winona Ryder in Dracula than they do in this in this movie, and I think they're they're seriously they're in one of them is in every scene of this movie, and it's it's very play like they they run into each other at the airport going to the destination. He his brother is getting married, and she is like the groom's ex-girlfriend or something like that it's so preposterous and their acting is wooden they're they're given traits it's like bad community theater from two established actors and i don't understand why they do it the only amusing thing is like a very uh unsensual uh fucking scene in the middle of like a wheat field mm-hmm. and and winona Ryder uh asks uh keanu reeves to to uh ejaculate inside of her so that and she says if you say oh boy when it happens it becomes a boy and that's and that's the kind of thing (laughs) that that happens in this movie yes it's bad it's bad all right um i don't know why i did this for ejaculate 
I don't either. Because your, your dick is three feet long. That's why. It's it's like I'm holding the the thing in the American Gothic painting. Yeah, you got to go up that high to get to the tip when your dick is that long. So true. The, the tip is where all the action is, baby. But what's weird is that you're standing, so that means there's like a U shape somewhere that's making it allow. Seriously, like he goes to the right pretty hard. There it looks like. <laughs> um. The next movie, I know that it's like I'm holding up a fish that I've caught. Yeah, that's true. There are many pictures of you next to your dick. Um, the next one I know Jeremy has seen replicas. Let's just agree. If you're a scientist and your family dies, don't try and clone them. That's not ever going to go well. Mm. I think there have already been movies that have covered this. Um, I, I saw this movie. I regretted it. I would rather watch surrogates with Bruce Willis. And honestly, that movie's pretty shitty. And mm-hmm. he's barely trying in that movie. Um, <clears throat> yeah, scientist guy working on Android body clone bullshit. His wife and kids die. He tries to clone them. And they're not quite right, are they? No. And you're going to be bored. Promise. <laughs> are they not right or is he not right? Like They're not right. They're not right. Well, I think he's pretty fucked up in the head too, but he's not a clone. Uh, so it's not it's not fun. It's not actiony. It's not good. You sound like you want might as well just watch it. Uh, but no, I no, don't I'm going to watch Knock. Knock. <laughs> there you go. There I'm you go. Definitely high on the list. <laughs> 2019. We've talked about John Wick Chapter Three, but you know, briefly touching on that to one of the funnest experiences I've ever had in the theater, and uh, we've talked about that before. But uh, John Wick Three is just such such pure joy all the way through it just the the ideas they have in there just the inspired stuff that goes on through chapter three is 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 excellent are they Um, making another one of these john wick yeah yeah absolutely it's coming out like i think that this is currently well okay the pandemic happened but prior to the pandemic it was scheduled to come out the same weekend as matrix four oh Uh, Oh, because really i was trying to tell people that I thought Matrix 4 would beat its ass. And then people told me I was crazy. And I said, well, you're only looking at the last 10 years of film, and I'm looking at history as a whole. Uh, there will be great appetite for a fourth Matrix movie. Uh, whereas John, John Wick will do, John Wick 4 will do great. Yeah. Curr- will do great. Currently, the Matrix 4 is expected on the IMDb April 1st, 2022. And uh, John Wick Chapter 4 is expected May 27th. 2022. Um, so that's like a few days away. <laughs> and, and of course, also on his upcoming projects, he has a movie called Cyberpunk 2077 that's supposed to come out this year. I've heard about that, and it looks very cool. And it's a video uh, game, right? He wants a, it is it a, is it a video game? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, and once again, he's playing a, a character named John, Johnny Silverhand. Johnny Silverhand. Man, that's what my college ex-girlfriend used to call me. Mm-hmm. That's what happens when you masturbate too much. Um, then we go on to... <laughs> Son, you're going to uh, get Silverhand. <laughs> you're going to get that Silverhand, man. Um, Always Be My Maybe. Both Barrett and I have seen this. He's He has a little bit more than a cameo. I guess this is a cameo, but... um. He is fucking hilarious in this. He's great. Oh, fucking hilarious. 
was great. Uh, Comes in the restaurant. You don't know. I, like I said, maybe before, I had no idea who the who the crush was because Ali Wong talks up her new boyfriend to her uh, Randall Park, her, like her long ago boyfriend, and she's mm-hmm. like, you know, the guy's perfect. I don't even know if she mentions that he's famous, but that he's in the business or something. She's a uh, a celebrity chef, mm-hmm. and uh, then in walks, which I hadn't seen, in walks Keanu Reeves. And I'm like, oh, that's inspired bit of stunt casting. And he plays off of every little thing that he's ever done uh, to where even where he's playing off like how kind and how wonderful everybody thinks he is. But he's really not all the way like he keeps subtly insulting yeah. Randall Park uh, throughout the whole time <laughs> and eventually getting no, not getting into a fight with Randall Park because he's like. Isn't he, when they get back to the hotel, he's like, I want you to take this vase and smash it over my head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I'm not going to do that. So Keanu grabs it and smashes it over his head and he starts bleeding everywhere. <laughs> they, 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 that dinner is hilarious. The, the, um, when they, Randall Park is worried because of the the meal is so expensive that he won't be able to afford it. But then Keanu Reeves shows up later at the bar and he's like, he's like, don't worry about it. I already paid for it with one of my residual checks from a movie called Speed. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, that whole meal is hilarious. Yeah, they do great. the okay. So the conceit is a, a playing with time, the prefix menu, and then like they get to. Uh, a dish where it's like a steak, but the audio, which you have headphones plays the sound of like an elk dying or something yeah. like that. And so he puts this on and Keanu is like, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Takes him off and then starts eating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So good. Um, watch this movie. Yeah. yeah it's really hilarious. funny. This movie's great. Um, also in 2019, he voiced Kaboom and Toy Story 4, a uh, Canadian version of like an evil Knievel type toy. Uh, and he's his, uh, I guess his character arc is that he was a toy that advertised himself as, they advertised his toy as something that could do all these cool and sick jumps and everything. But when kids actually got him, they, they couldn't do those jumps that are, that were on TV. So he became a toy that nobody ever played with, but he plays, he plays, uh, you know, he, of course, uh, in this movie, he has to make a, a huge jump at the carnival because every movie in 2019 ended at a carnival. <laughs> at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, he has to make a huge jump to uh, help save the day in that toy story Four gorgeous movie we've talked about how you know debated on whether or not these movies even need to get needed to go this far uh they all have different uh levels of like growing up and and everything that they uh explore in those movies but uh toy story 4 is gorgeous it's just i i I still prefer the first one over all of them Mm -hmm. um uh then uh between two ferns the movie i know barrett and i have both seen this yeah, I like this movie. I thought there was a little more expansion on his character. I understand not liking his character in the Between Two Ferns stuff, uh, the the shorts. I always found him funny. They, I don't like cringe humor, but for some reason, that always hit with me. Uh, mm-hmm. it, because it, I, I tell you why. Because 
I'm okay with cringe humor if the subject is okay with it. And it seemed like in those shorts, whether it was Charlize Theron, whether it was Matthew McConaughey or whoever, would give it right back to Zach Galifianakis, even Obama. He would ask these terrible questions, and they would just light into him. Like Bruce Willis, he was like, you know, what's it like being so bald? It's something like that. And he's like, you're a fucking talentless fucking like fat ass hack or something like that. And then he'll say something smarmy. But that's why I thought this was fun because it wasn't just picking. It wasn't punching down, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, And then finally, out of this whole group, rounding it out. uh, I think I'm the only one that has seen Bill and Ted face the music. um, group, But um, uh, we've done them. We did. I did a mini pod with uh, Jonathan on this one. Uh, it's so weird watching movies that are 30 years ahead of where they were when they left off. Mm. I've tried to, I've tried describing this where movies themselves, the way they are made have changed so much that the, the next chapter doesn't even feel part of the series at all. Mm. Um, and you know, Alex winter is still, is still uh, bill. I mean, you know, it's uh, there, it, there wasn't anything really much to that character. I don't think Ted Keanu Reeves is, is I, you know, it's, it's hard for a, um, a, a character who's playing this like, Whoa, surfer dude, whatever to play that at 50 something years old. Uh, but he's completely, you know, he's completely changed and mellowed at this point. Doesn't even seem like he's got like any real Ted still left in him. <laughs> um, and, uh, and so like the, the movie is great when it's not them on the screen. And I hate saying mm. that, uh, it's fun to watch Samara weaving and, um, and uh, what's her name? Um, Bridget Lundy Payne uh, play uh, Bill and Ted's kids in this. They're they're like fun, and Kid Cudi is fun in it, and Kristen Shaw and um, uh, Anthony Kerrigan from Barry is in this, playing yeah. like a Terminator robot thing. He steals a lot of scenes. Uh, it, when it's them, when it's all those guys, it's great. And then Bill and Ted keep going like I never understand this. How is how is it in the future they don't know what the fucking song is that they made? How do they not know that? Like they like their society is built on this fucking song. Yeah, man. Yeah. How do they not know what the song is? How do they lose that? And so Bill and Ted like go back in time and they keep seeing different versions of themselves that are just I mean they're they're silly and ridiculous and all that and it's fun, quote unquote but they're just not believable. Like they're just total assholes when they, when they run into their, their past slash future selves. It's hard to describe that. Um, uh, looking for this song so that they can save time and space basically. Cause time and space is about to collapse on itself. Eiffel tower is showing up in LA and, mm. and uh, t- Tibetan monks are showing up on the freeway and crap like that stuff. Like just, just weird stuff is happening, but it's a silly movie. It's fun. I just, I don't think, I don't know. Keanu Reeves is, is fine in it. It's just not, it's still, it doesn't feel like Ted to me in this, but I'll watch uh. it at some point. Like, uh, I'm not going to go out of my way to watch it, but look, it's just as silly as the other two movies are. You're going to, you'll have, you'll probably have a decent time watching it. Yeah. It's just, 
I don't, you know, it's one of those movies that came out and it seems like everybody jumped on like, no oh, shit. finally, finally, yeah. look, so this is the, this is the greatest thing ever, isn't it? <laughs> and it's, I think a lot of times nowadays where, where the stars have never been closer to critics uh, mm. and, and through Twitter and everything, like people know the people who made these movies and they're like, Oh, that guy's a good guy. Look at him up there. That's so great that what he's doing. <laughs> and, you know, it doesn't translate for me. I just, I think it's a silly movie. It's just, yeah, it's, it's all right. It's good. Fine. It's not like the best thing ever or anything. Um, but, uh, yeah, that rounds out the Keanu Reeves filmography. The Keanu verse. Um, that's correct. That's going to do it for this episode. Uh, keep going to Sincast presented by CinemaSins on Facebook. We're also on CinemaSins Twitter, Music Video Sins Twitter. We're on SoundCloud and we're on Discord. If you want to get on Discord, you can go to our Reddit page and find a link on the right side there, or you can private message me on Facebook and I'll give you a link there. That's going to do it for this week. It's Chris Atkinson, Jeremy Scott, Barrett Shearer. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com. Hey, fuckos. What's, What's up, up, jerk face? What's up, fan? I like how you uh, gave us names from my favorite Tarantino movie ever. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's grown on you though hadn't it uh a little bit yes but it's i don't think i'm ever gonna see yes it has grown on me i will leave it yeah. at that yeah. I, i'm with you man every time i uh watch it again though i i'm just blown away by those two lead performances yeah you they're know? both great they're both great and they get they get even more indelible Especially Pitt, man. Pitt was, you'd never see such a shoe in for an Academy Award as Pitt was, mm. right? Yeah. I mean, it, it, nobody even, everybody, he probably just knew it. He was just like halfway walking up there <laughs> when they called it. Mm-hmm. Although I think Clooney has two. Well, one's for writing, I think. Yeah. For, or for is it good luck, good night, and good luck? Uh,. Good night and good fuck. I'm gonna look this. I have to look this up because he there was that period of time there where he was nominated for so many different things and and yeah. like it's it's usually the dumb shit that gets the win. Didn't and, he get nominated or win for Twelve Years a Slave because he was a producer? Uh, I'm looking that. Oh, up. That was Pitt. Now he he won for Argo, being a producer on Argo. George Clooney. What a weird, what a weird thing. Oh, I thought we were talking about Pitt, sorry. <clears throat> and his oh, and his performance by an actor in a supporting role went to Siriana, which nobody yeah. rem- which nobody remembers. Uh, <laughs> no, I remember he had that? a beard. What was that movie about? I don't know. Something about the Middle East. Yeah, and a beard. He had a beard. <laughs> yeah, and and there, a beard. there was no staring at goats. Yeah, there was no staring was no. at goats, right? I kind of like that movie. That, the that goat one? Yeah. That, oh, was, the, that, was a little, uh, that was a little wacky. Which little wackadoodle, the men who stare at goats. Yeah, I never saw it. I always thought I always get this mixed up. Is it Brad Pitt that's the guy in Prince of Egypt? The 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 lead voice. No. Brad Pitt was a was a fucking 
lead voice in one of these movies, wasn't he? He and was. I could have sworn it was Hercules, but it's he was. Fucking, but I thought it was. I thought he was in that Sinbad thing. That was the his animated oh. voice. Prince of but Egypt. You mean Val, Moses? Kil- Val Kilmer and Ray Fiennes were the main voices in Prince of Egypt. Right, right. And then in the live action later, it was Christian Bale and um, fuck, I forget other dude. Oh yeah, um, I can't remember either. But Sinbad: Legend of the Seven Seas came out in two thousand three. It had Brad Pitt and That's Catherine Zeta Jones and Michelle Pfeiffer. Joseph Fiennes. Show up. Oh. <laughs> I'm just saying, like all of these white protagonists are drawn the same like chiseled chin and like yeah. huge pecs sure. and all that stuff so i was like who's the guy that does hercules like in tate donovan tate donovan like, yeah what? out of nowhere tate donovan fresh <laughs> off of his been, love potion been, number nine exactly <laughs> that's when they were picking shit out of thin air like rip torn uh, as <laughs> zeus instead of like you know Anthony Hopkins or something like well, that. Well, it didn't, I mean, it didn't matter, right? Do you, did you, re, did you know who the voice actor for mm-hmm. Bell was when Beauty and the Beast came out? Nope. Or? There was some big deal about that in the 90s, though. Like, in Toy Story, they couldn't even advertise that Tom Hanks and Tim Allen were the voices in that. Really? For huh? some, yeah, there was some sort of contractual thing back in the 90s where they couldn't say, well, maybe they did later, I don't know, but there was this whole thing where it was like, they couldn't say Tom Hanks or Tim Allen or anybody in the in the trailer, and then and I, and I don't and I think they were still going off maybe possibly uh, the fact that people who do voices are the ones who do voices, which is something that became a major problem when stars became the voices of everything. Interesting. Like people who were voice actors were like, you know, I used to be the the guy who got that that lead role because it didn't matter you weren't selling your movie based on the fact that it was brad pitt you Mm -hmm. were selling the movie based on it being something good that kids want to come see i think even today there are voice workers that are pissed because you know the simply juice hires donald sutherland instead of a voice actor they can't get anything like the only thing somebody with a great voice like dicer can get is a like a lowe's how-to video i'm not belittling that i'm just saying that he should be on more commercials, you know? No, he should be I on mean, more GMC or whatever it is. It's not – I mean, the, the stars have taken over that that market to a certain degree to where, yes, they're never going to hire Brad Pitt to do a you know grocery training video or something. Um, that would but, be awesome. <laughs> but, I mean, they're, high, they're paying them big-ass money to do GPS directions in your fucking map device. I mean, oh, really? Yeah. There's you one can with get a uh, Brad Samuel, Pitt voice. I just read. I swear to God, I read that you can get Samuel Jackson on one of them, and he's like, will cuss at you, like, like, turn now, motherfucker! Like, I swear to God, there are stars recording GPS instructions. I think that might be worth the investment. I think that would be. <laughs> How often do you use an audio directions All the GPS? Time. All really? the time. Oh yeah. I mean, if I'm, I, I rarely go to one place all the time, except for like the grocery store. Well, so if I go out to like a pumpkin festival or something like that, or when we went to that drive-in movie, I totally just put on the GPS and it tells me where where to go. And if Samuel Jackson would be like, "Motherfucker, turn right!" And then like, well, and, yes, and I even know where I'm going sometimes. And I mean, 
That well, yeah, because it tells you where the traffic tells you when uh, tells you when is. there's going to be traffic backs up, backups and all that, and so, um, so it's a it's a pretty useful thing that way too. Okay, so I may ha- I may have it a little bit wrong there. It looks like Amazon Alexa devices feature Samuel L. Jackson's voice at this point. Hmm. My parents actual... have one of those. Oh, uh, the devices that go in the car, or the devices, or just any of them? I think any of them. Hmm. <clears throat> Well, yeah, keep... I don't know if I'll change that. I like I like hearing I like hearing a woman's voice. I like women doing my bidding. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 oh, wow. oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> Do you ever uh, do you ever thank your uh, your uh, Echo? You ever thank, thank him? You ever thank? I, thank I, the, I did. Once. I did. Did I she did respond one. to you? Yeah. Um, it happened like two weeks ago. In fact, um, there was something. I can't remember why I did it either. It was something where I was just like, "Fuck it." I'm just in this kind of a mood. Um, and uh, and uh, Alexa gave like gave me some like told a story or some shit i don't know what it was and i was like thank you and and she's like oh well you're welcome so you're you're so you're so kind you're so you know the ai man it's gonna get more and more complex well and today like sometimes i will have alexa uh say you know hey give me the news and it'll immediately put an npr like thing on there but today i was like I was like, this is, here's, here's where the, here's where the, like, start, where it starts getting scary and shit. It was like, I asked for the news like I always did. And she's like, hmm, I don't seem to have an NPR station next to you. What's your zip code? And I'm like, oh, God damn it. Are you kidding me? Yeah. So I put in, as I said, my zip code and then she, she gave me NPR from Nashville. But like, this is nothing that she hasn't done before. I'm asking, I'm saying, calling her she. Um, um, this is nothing that the, the, this thing hasn't done before, you know, like I've, I've said, Hey, give me the news. And it just immediately gives me an NPR Nashville. Yeah. It's, but now uh, it's like, what's your zip code? The... And I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> I'm All coming right. for you. I mean, it's not like you don't know. <laughs> Bitch, you've done this before. <laughs> you do it every day. <laughs> yeah. If you, and I don't know where sex doll technology is these days, mm-hmm. but like, if you could get, <clears throat> Follow me on this. If you could get a pretty good sex doll, right? Yeah. And hook it up and just screw in the Echo. Yeah, right. You could have essentially a functional conversation, right? Mm-hmm. You uh, could. Like you could probably say, have like, you talk what do you sexy want? to it? All right. Yeah. You'd be like, you know, you uh, have to find the coded Alexa, language. Play sex sounds or something like that. <laughs> You'll be like, ah. Uh, yeah, exactly. It comes pre comes preloaded with hundreds of sex sounds. <laughs> you like play Marvin Gaye, and you start hearing Marvin Gaye coming out of her mouth. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god. Like, oh make my sucking god. noises. Yeah. Oh exactly. my god! Squelch. With squelch. Yeah, I was about to say the squelching. Squelch for me, Alexa. I don't know what that term is. <laughs> Makes sucking noises. 
don't know what that term is. And then at the end, you thank her. And you're like, oh, yeah, you're so kind. You're so kind, sir. <laughs> like, yeah, no, it'd be awesome if you said squelching and she's like, I have a hundred articles on Booksmart. <laughs> I can do it as if a Commodore 64 is coming up with the noise. <laughs> <laughs> would you like the scr- the squelching rapid or yeah. slow <laughs> oh, oh. man i kind of want to try this out i want to see what it will what it will do all right we'll order the sex doll tomorrow yeah, sex doll is the first step well uh, no the first step is to figure out what she will do and then you had the body mm-hmm. turns <clears throat> out you know it may be like scarlett johansson where uh, or her, where you don't even need the body. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. Yesterday, um, I was watching a little bit of Eyes Wide Shut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were. Uh, in honor of Barrett. And my wife walks in right as all the women drop their black robes at the start. Yeah. Of- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, she's like, we're having a conversation and she just stops talking. And uh, I realize she's looking at the screen. She's like, what is this? And I was like, this is eyes wide shut. And it's the beginning of the famous uh, orgy party scene. Um, but later on, uh, what Tom Cruise doesn't know is that they know he used last week's password and they're going to embarrass him in front of everybody later on. And she's like, oh, shameful. And we walked out to go do the thing she came and talked to me about. I think we went and, I don't know, had a sandwich or something. I helped her move a desk. I don't remember what it was, but I came back in a few minutes later and and he was there with his mask off getting shamed. And I was like, oh, you fucked up now. And she, she walked by and she goes, you talking to Tom? And I said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, have you ever gonna... seen the uh, unedited version, Chris? Yeah, I've got that on Blu-ray. The, uh, the, that, that's the, the version that they sell, I think, at this point. They don't even... What is extra there? I mean, you know, they don't have the because, you know, in the original, it's a bunch of people standing in front of everybody who's having yeah. sex. That's how they blocked it off. Oh, uh, it, it looks totally normal when you watch it uh, in the movie. But uh, but it, that those were all digitally inserted. Um, so you can see more of the sex. Yeah. And it's I mean, it, back in 1999. I was, I was, you know, I was sitting there going, I, I think Kubrick, um, I think Kubrick, um, went back and looked at movies like basic instinct and, uh, showgirls to see what you could put on a screen so that he didn't cross that line. And, right. um, and, uh, and his, his, the sex scenes that are in that are no, are not worse than basic instinct or showgirls. Um, I mean, they may be going at it a little bit harder. I don't know. Basic instinct and showgirls really hard. Go back to that. That was good. <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's not like you're seeing like, you know, penis going in. Yeah. Cause there used that. to be somebody right in there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's not even close to the Virginia. Yeah, like, they're mean, just, yeah the, and you know like the, the edited version on. has one of these you know these mass people in front of it looking really closely at it um, yeah they're just rubbing her like sternum mm-hmm. so okay. why do you suppose they let him watch all of this shit before they call him out i think they know they've got him like there's no rush 
But then later they're like, uh, you, you breathe the word of this to anyone of what you saw and we'll come for you and your family. Like, just don't let them see it. Right? Just like the two guys out at the, out at the road, they're the ones that know he's got the, the, the wrong password. Well, no. They, I don't he think has, he has the wrong no, password. No, he has the right password to get in right. to the party. It's the, it's the other password that he doesn't have. Uh inside the inside the party he doesn't have that one either delio is the way to get in right and i think uh it's been a while since i i I watched this but it's like they're they're tricking him there is no second password or like fidelio was a password for the inner circle thing last week or something like that they just wanted to get off the mask but Um, i think they know it i think they know it's somebody different just by how he's interacting with the the other woman inside the party, yeah. There's that, and then there's the Sydney, po- who's obviously Sydney Pollock, that turns around and nods to him and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's yeah. So there's some point at where they're like, we think this guy is not one of us, so let's trick him. And if he says, well, there isn't a second password, everybody fucking knows that. Then you know, then he then he's but, cool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Okay, so that's a he's having a, like an affair with her. She's like a a woman of the red lamp. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely using our time wisely today. When uh, when you said when you said uh, how many therapy sessions have you been to, Jeremy? I immediately thought of the uh, the scene and uh, there's something about Mary where they ask him about the hitchhikers and he's like hitchhikers my whole life <laughs> uh, I don't know uh, 15 20 <laughs> like, oh, damn, this you, you're color. gonna fry you're gonna fry <laughs> that sounds exactly like the end of Prisoner of Basketball <laughs> Yeah. Oh, like a yeah. Patronus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. I grow more bear like every day. <laughs> he's walking away. I think he's throwing up. Yeah, so it's, it's okay to uh, to uh, criticize Harry Potter movies these days. <laughs> oh, God. Nice. There's no one's looking at your face. We are, yeah, you don't have to make that face. And we're we're definitely not putting that shit in the fucking <laughs> podcast. <laughs> that definitely won't happen. Wink, wink. <laughs> How much am I going to have to cut from this fucking episode? But, uh, <laughs> a lot.